0: Welcome to the Truth and Godliness Podcast, where we seek to be a voice for sound doctrine and biblical Christianity. Here is your host, Pastor Brian Evans of 5.7 Community Church in Detroit, Michigan. Well, hello and God bless you. And thank you for tuning in again to the Truth and Godliness podcast with your host, Pastor Brian Evans. Today I want to speak on the topic of Christian humility. And I want to speak on this topic of the virtue of humility within the context of biblical Christianity. As some of you may know, um, a subject that is very important to me is the subject of biblical christianity the subject of sound doctrine i believe that one of the marks of biblical christianity of sound doctrine is that those who have knowledge of of who have knowledge of sound doctrine those who understand biblical Christianity and who are experiencing the power of of biblical Christianity, that these Christians, their lives will be characterized by this virtue of godly humility. You know, one of the wisest statements that Jesus made is the verse in which Jesus said, you will know a tree... By the fruited bears. You will know a tree. By the fruited bears. And Jesus spoke this. In reference to false teachers. And false prophets. And the idea here is that. You will know a false teacher. By his or her lifestyle. And. We have definitely seen. Um. In our own time here in modern American Christianity, that some of the most flamboyant and extravagant and greedy uh and and um uh, scandalous people in our society are some of the false teachers and the false prophets um around the fringes of Christianity, the televangelists. You know, the ones who are always on television portraying themselves as prophets and men and women of God. Um, they are the ones who are the most greedy and flamboyant of, of people. And so the point is, a teacher will evidence or give evidence to their, um, their true um, state whether they are genuine or false, by the fruit evident in their lifestyle. And and the same is true of good teachers of good doctrine. Those who preach and teach sound doctrine will be characterized by the fruit of godly humility. Paul said in Titus, the first chapter, that the doctrine which he preached was the doctrine which is in accordance with godliness. And so there he's saying that the true doctrine, the true apostle's teaching, when rightly understood, it will produce the fruit of godliness. And, And what is godliness? Godliness is a word which means piety towards God. Godliness is the attitude of piety, the the attitude of reverence, the attitude of devotion, love, and adoration towards God. It is the attitude out of which all of our worship and obedience and service to God flows. And so when the apostles' teaching, when the true apostolic gospel is believed and understood, It will produce godliness in the lives of those who understand it. And a a big part of godliness is the virtue of humility. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, And I I especially want to talk about just how um, true biblical sound doctrine produces godly, godly humility. But first I want to kind of define humility first. I want us to be clear on what humility really is. First of all, let me say humility is not just having a low opinion of yourself, being down on yourself, um just walking around with your head down all the time, seeing yourself as being worthless that in and of itself is not necessarily true humility a lot of times that can be the result of timidity or of a lack of a lack of confidence you know there are certain people in this world who growing up they were verbally abused by their parents and by others there are people in this world who were made fun of a lot maybe they grew up poor or um they 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 didn't have much, they, they never excelled in anything, and so they walk around uh with the appearance of humility, but really what it is is a, a, a lack of confidence in themselves. That's not necessarily humility. Paul gives this um sort of definition of humility in Romans twelve three. In Romans 12 and three, Paul says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Now, notice what Paul says in that verse. He says that we ought not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Now, that's that's pride, and pride is the opposite of humility. The proud person thinks more highly of themselves than they ought to think. The proud person has an exaggerated opinion of him or or, of his or herself. And Paul says, we ought not to do that. We We ought not to be proud. But the reverse of that is, he said, but... We are to think of ourselves with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. In other words, faith is not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to, but neither is it thinking more, uh, thinking lower of yourself than you ought to. But it's having a sober judgment, recognizing what God has given you. So it's basically having a realistic view of yourself. It is not thinking more high, not thinking more low, but seeing yourself the way God actually sees you. And that includes seeing ourselves as sinners. That includes seeing ourselves as being in need of God's grace. But again, humility is about having a, a a realistic view of ourselves and seeing ourselves the way God sees us. There's another quote I want to read, which I think gets at the heart of what humility is. And this is a quote from um, C.S. Lewis. And this is a very famous quote. In this quote, C.S. Lewis says, Humility is not thinking less of yourselves, It is thinking of yourself less. Now, I think that's a great quote. I'm going to read it again. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So again, in the first part of this quote, he's agreeing with Paul. Humility is not necessarily thinking less of yourself. Is not necessarily seeing yourself as worthless or of no good, denying that God has given you certain things, denying that God has made you in his image. Humility is not denying the good things about you that God has put in you because he's made you in his image. He says, but... Humility is thinking of yourself less. In other words, humility is recognizing that it's not all about you. Humility is is thinking less of yourself or or rather thinking of yourself less. In other words, the idea here is humility involves a great sense of self-denial. And I think that's what's at the heart of true humility. It's not so much seeing yourself as worthless, but it is more so about denying yourself. In other words, not not thinking more highly of yourself, not thinking that you have to be the center of attention, not thinking that you have to be the one being praised, not thinking that you ought to be the one, uh, uh, getting all the accolades. It's not uh, an an exaggerated view of your self-importance. But it is denying yourself, realizing that there is something more important in you, which is God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. You see, and so there's a sense in which humility is characterized by self-forgetfulness, self-denial, which is one of the major qualities uh, the The main virtues of the Christian life, Jesus told us that the first uh thing we must do in order to be his disciples is to take up our cross and deny ourselves. Take up the cross means die to self. Humility is the result of one being dead to self. They don't demand their their own way. They don't demand their rights. They don't walk around feeling self-entitled. They don't walk around full of themselves. They don't walk around with a sense of self-importance. They deny themselves in order to follow Christ. They die to self. They die to self in order to live to God. And so, brothers and sisters, this is, I think, the essence of humility. It is self-forgetfulness, self-denial in order to live unto God. And this is one of the major Christian virtues that is to be found in every Christian. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives us what is called What we call the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the blessed attitudes that every true follower of Jesus Christ should should have. And what is the first of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and 3? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? He's not talking about physically or materially poor. He's not talking about material poverty. He's talking about poverty of spirit. In other words, a recognition that spiritually speaking, we are impoverished. We're not proud. We're not uh, uh, puffed up over our spiritual gifts because we recognize we have none of our own. We are utterly and totally dependent upon the grace of God. We are, we are spiritual uh, paupers. We are utterly dependent upon God. And so that is the first virtue that, that Jesus mentions. That we are to be poor in spirit. In the Old Testament, that, that popular verse in Micah, in Micah 6, 8, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The thing that God requires of his people, and this is the essence of the law of Moses, If you truly understand the law of Moses, then this is what will be demonstrated in your life. And that is to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. One more verse I want to read, and that's in Isaiah 66 and 2. In Isaiah 66, 2, God says, all these things my hands has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. God is saying he has made the universe. He has made all things. There's nothing that we can give to God. He is highly exalted above us. However, though he is high and lifted up, he looks to certain people. He is not so high that he can't look down upon his people. And what characterizes, what are the character traits of those people that he looks down upon with favor and with grace and love? The people that the Lord looks to are those who humble themselves those who are contrite in spirit, that means broken hearted, broken hearted over their sin. They are contrite, they are broken over their sin. In other words, this is an attitude of repentance. So those whom God look upon are those who are humble, those who are penitent, contrite in spirit, and those who tremble at God's word. That means they have a reverence for God's holy word. They, they don't impose their ideas on God. They don't force their agenda on God. They're not determined to have their way. But they tremble at God's word. They, they, they have such a reverence for what comes out of the mouth of God. And so, brothers and sisters, there are just many, many verses about the importance of humility in the life of God's people. But again, what I want us to see is that humility is one of the main Christian virtues. Every Christian is to demonstrate godly humility in their lives and Again, it is only those who understand the truth. It is only those who know true biblical Christianity who will exemplify this type of godly humility. In other words, godly humility does not develop by itself. Godly humility does not come to us automatically as a matter of fact, by nature, we are all the opposite of humble. We are all prideful by nature. Every one of us. Every human being is prideful by nature. We all have an exaggerated opinion of ourselves. We all have a, 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 an exaggerated sense of self-importance and we all go about seeking our own glory and that's true of all human beings Christians and non-Christians alike true humility comes or is developed in those who know the truth about God they have they have a true knowledge of the majesty of God, they have a true knowledge of their own sinfulness, and they have a knowledge of the gospel of God's grace and of our absolute need of that grace. And this is what comprises biblical Christianity. This is what comprises sound doctrine. Sound doctrine, there are many aspects to sound teaching, But the three major core um, uh, 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 subjects that we have to have a grasp of in order to have a grasp of sound Christian teaching is first the knowledge of God. And here, I'm not just talking about some general uh, idea of God, but I'm talking about A knowledge of the God revealed in the Bible. a, A knowledge of the God that is revealed throughout the pages of the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament. The Bible reveals to us a God who is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, of great immensity, And he is a God who is infinite in his his being and in all of his attributes. His attributes of his power, his wisdom, his justice, his goodness, his holiness and truth. He is infinite and he is unchangeable in his being and in all of his perfections. And, and one, of, one of his main attributes is that of his holiness. Throughout the Old Testament, he is referred to as the Holy One. He is the one whom the angels praise as being holy, holy, holy. The holiness of God is, 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 is his separateness his transcendence god is is set apart from all of his creation because he is infinite in purity and therefore he is he is he god is in his own league there is none who can draw near to him he is infinitely exalted and set apart from all because of his infinite purity and in this we we recognize God's infinite majesty, and it is it is a, a true knowledge of the glory of God, a true knowledge of God's infinite majesty, that 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 comprises the knowledge of God. Again, we cannot have this um, man-made view of God like we have in modern American Christianity. In modern American Christianity, we never talk about God's holiness. We never talk about God's wrath. We never talk about the, the full uh, uh, picture that the scripture gives us of God. We only focus on the parts about God that we like, that God is love and that God is merciful and God is for us. And we ignore everything else about the God of the Bible. Well, that's not a true knowledge of God. And so a true knowledge of God is first requisite in order for us to have the virtue of godly humility in us. Because here's the thing. It is by seeing how majestic and big God is that helps us to be reminded of how small and how creaturely creaturely we are you see when you when you when you see the majesty the awesome majesty and glory of god it humbles us and puts us in our place god is the exalted one not us and this is what you see throughout in the bible whenever the glory of god appeared to the saints in the old testament whether it was to moses or to abraham or to isaiah or elijah or 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 even john the revelator on the isle of patmos when jesus appeared to him the response was always dread and terror why because they were in the presence Of an awesome and majestic God. And so it takes a true knowledge of God. To produce godly humility. But then also along with that is. There must be a knowledge of the extent of our own sinfulness. Not only must we see that God is infinitely big in comparison to us. God is the creator. We're just creatures. We are creatures of dust. We come from ashes and to ashes we will return. We are just creatures. We are not on God's level. We are... We are... We are... Nothing compared to God. In, in in a particular passage in Isaiah, it says that all the nations of the earth are but dust on the scales. Man, at his best state, is vanity. But not only, not only does does our a right view of ourself in comparison with God, in comparison with the view of God. Is that we see ourselves to be creatures, creatures created from the dust, but also not only are we creatures, we're sinful creatures. We're sinful creatures. And I think this is one of the major problems in our culture today, and even within the church, is that we don't see ourselves as being sinful. We don't see ourselves as being sinful. And again, I'm talking also about people in the Christian church today. It's hard to get people in the church today to really, truly believe the gospel because they don't see themselves as needing it. They don't see themselves as sinners. We all think that we're basically good people. How often do you hear people say, God knows my heart. I'm a good person. I don't do wrong. I, I don't I don't bother nobody. I'm a good person. I give people the shirt off my back. I, I, I always help people. We think we're essentially good. We say things like, yeah, I know I'm not perfect. We say things like, yeah, I know I make mistakes, but yet we don't see ourselves as 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 being utterly sinful. Which is the view the Bible has of us. Paul said in Romans chapter 7 that in my flesh dwells no good thing. No good thing dwells in my flesh. And by my flesh, he means my human nature. The Bible clearly says that not one good thing dwells in us. Jesus, the son of God, characterized all of us as being fundamentally evil. Do you remember the passage where Jesus said he was talking about prayer and he was talking about how ready the father is to answer our prayers? And he compared human fathers to God, the father. And he said, if you human fathers, he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much the more Will the heavenly father do good to his children who ask him? Notice Jesus assumes that we are all evil. He takes it for granted that we are evil. And listen, most people do not see themselves as being evil. Most people do not agree with Paul's assessment that in our flesh dwells no good thing. But if we are to be biblical, that's why I'm talking about biblical. Notice I'm talking about, notice I keep using the term biblical Christianity. If you don't see yourself as evil, if you don't see yourself as utterly sinful, then you're not a biblical Christian. So, true humility is developed in us as we have a right knowledge of god and i'm talking about the god of the bible this majestic and infinitely holy god that we that we meet with in the pages of the bible the god of isaiah the god of abraham the god of job the god of david that god not the god of modern modern american christianity When we have a right knowledge of ourselves, as you see, humility is developed by having a right knowledge of God and also a right knowledge of ourselves. And that knowledge of ourselves involves seeing ourselves as utterly sinful and evil. It is through having this knowledge that humility is developed in in us. But then there's one more aspect to this. True humility comes from a knowledge of the gospel of God's grace and of our absolute need of that grace. When we truly have a right knowledge of God and we truly have a right knowledge of ourselves, seeing how sinful we are, then we realize that we cannot be saved apart from God's grace. And this, brothers and sisters, is what produces humility in us. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us that the reason that God saved us by grace through faith is so that no man might be able to boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, By grace are you saved. By grace you have been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see that salvation, God made it to where salvation would be by grace rather than by works. Because if salvation was by works, we would boast. If salvation was by works, then we would boast about it. We would be able to say, and we would. We would boast and say, look at me, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Look at me, I'm going to heaven because I keep God's commandments. We would pat ourselves on the back because that's that's because, again, like I said, our tendency is towards pride. And again, in First Corinthians. um, Chapter one. God talks about, or, or Paul talks about in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, towards the end of the chapter, beginning at verse 26, Paul talks about how God chose that which is nothing, those that are nothing, to confound the wise. And then he goes on to say that he did this. God chose the low and the despised in the world even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of god god or god predestined his people to salvation we were all a mass of fallen humanity god elected and predestined the lowliest and those who are nothing in order to bring to nothing the things that are, and so that no human being might boast. And then he says, it is because of him, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In other words, Jesus is everything He is our righteousness. He is our wisdom. He is our sanctification. He is our redemption. We have nothing to boast of. And so, brothers and sisters, the point I'm making here is this. True humility is the automatic result of a knowledge of biblical Christianity. When you have a true knowledge of, of who God is, when you have a true knowledge of how sinful we are, when you have a true knowledge of our need of God's grace and of what God has done in the person and in the work of Christ in order that we might be saved through His grace, the automatic result is that it would produce godly humility. We have nothing to boast of. We have no reason to have an exaggerated view of our self-importance because God is all in all and we are nothing. And that brings me to this point, this final point, brothers and sisters, is that this is why we see such a lack of humility in the American church today. Again, think about, think about, C.S. Lewis's definition of humility that I read earlier. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Do American Christians think of themselves less? No, they don't. I hate to say it, but within a lot of sections of American Christianity today, we are just as self-centered and self-absorbed and 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 self worship as the secular non-christian people are this is not true of every christian every now and then i run a, i run into some very godly saints but brothers and sisters christian people who possess real godly humility is a rarity today the average American Christian is just as self-absorbed and self-centered and caught up in self-worship as the unchristians are in this society today. We don't think of ourselves less. We think of ourselves all the time just like the non-Christians do. And that, brothers and sisters, I believe is because We preach in modern American Christianity a humanistic, man-centered gospel. We preach and teach a humanistic, man-centered version of Christianity in in, in, in the church today. It's all about what God wants to do for you. We have made this great inversion with regards to what's most important As I I heard another preacher say one time, what we have done is we have man-sized God and we have God-sized man. We've flipped the script. As I said, humility comes when we have a right knowledge of God's bigness and of our own smallness. Well, the reason why there's no humility in American Christianity today is because we are convinced of our own bigness. And, and by default, God has been made small because God has been reduced to our personal life coach or our personal butler who exists only to cater to us and make us happy. And so this self-centeredness among American Christians and this lack of, of self-denial, this lack of godly humility is evidence, brothers and sisters, that we are preaching a man-centered gospel in America today. And we will not see this important and essential virtue of godly humility again until we get back to a Christianity which exalts the glory and majesty of God and lays low man in his sinfulness and depravity and in his utter need of God's grace. Well, brothers and sisters, that's uh, it for today. Hope to uh, put some more content out for you next week. And until then, God bless you, my brothers and sisters. You have been listening to the Truth and Godliness Podcast with Brian Evans. To send us a message, drop us an email at bevans at 5.7.org. That's the B Evans at the number 5, the word point spelled out, the number 7.org.